junkies. Hi, Mum. Me and Nanny Dai at the end of a, a Skype call uh, reviewing House of Gucci, the brand new uh, Ridley Scott movie starring Lady Gaga, um, Adam Driver, Al Pacino, um, Jeremy Irons, uh, Jared Leto, a fabulous cast uh, telling the story of Patrizia Reggiani's essential uh, assassination attempt on, uh, on Maurizio Gucci, who is the sort of incumbent heir to the Gucci empire. Uh, a reluctant heir to the uh, Gucci empire, but nonetheless, so... That thing like it, didn't it? Yeah. Um, one of the first things I want to say is that I didn't know anything about what happened. Right. So it was very unusual for me. So, so you I... Lady Gaga fan, Mum? Well, not of her music, I suppose. No, neither am I. But, um, but as an actress, yeah, but she's only been in that one other thing, hasn't she? The um... Yeah. Born. What's it called? A Star is Born. Uh, and obviously I knew her from uh, American Horror Story where she played an incredibly alluring oh, vamp yeah. vampiress. Yeah. I'm not an enormous fan of the sub-genre of films, which is the sort of fashion industry films. You know, yeah. I wasn't into The Devil Wears Prada. I know this isn't quite in that sort of vein, but I, I'm not into the scene. I find it so vacuous and empty. But I suppose if I was going to be into the fashion world, it would be through a vehicle like this, where there's intrigue, deceit, subterfuge and murder. Mm -hmm. I mean, I am far more, funnily enough, or I could be, it's just that Gucci to me has only ever meant handbags and shoes. And that's right. the sort of bit of the fashion industry that I'm the least interested in. Do you know I know what, what I mean? you mean. That didn't float my boat. So, of course, that sat at the helm of this is the director Ridley Scott, who's now 84. Yeah. He's coming off the back of having directed The Last Duel. He's about to go into the Napoleon picture, which is kit bag oh, right, uh, yeah. with Jurgen Phoenix yes. and Jodie Comer. So, you know, in many regards, he's it's a potpourri of things that he's going for at the moment in his sort of twilight years, let's say. When I came into this film, I was thinking, am I going to get a glorified advert, a sort of Gucci, Gucci-fied advert that's high on style and low on content? Yeah, I mean, it very much is a sort of rags-to-riches tale of their relationship, isn't it? She comes, I mean, let's not beat around the bush, she comes from a sort of background, her family is in trucking, uh, you know, a lorry driver, sort of, um, you know, which traditionally in Italian sort of culture is often synonymous with uh, the mafia and things like that. Uh, he obviously is part of the Gucci uh, family, but he's a reluctant heir. He, he's not very sort of into Jeremy Irons, his father's kind of empire. He's not particularly enamoured with it. Um, there's Aldo Gucci, who's doing his shit, played by Al Pacino, who kind of, you know, who takes them under his sort of, under his sort of wing, doesn't he? And at the heart of this film is Lady Gaga, and we'll talk about that. But also at the heart of this film is Adam Driver, and therein lies a big ambivalence for me. What yeah. did you think of Adam Driver? Well, I think I think you and I possibly think the same. I, I watched um, Mark Compote, who said, and the only reason I'm quoting this is, he said the exact opposite to what I think about Adam Driver. He said, he's a man who can act his socks off while his face is motionless. Right. Now, I, I just simply don't think that's true. I get nothing from Adam Driver's face at all, mm. except obviously he can smile and he can not smile, but I don't get anything interiority, if that's the right mm. word, going on inside his head, ever in his past. Do you think that's and, not, um, do you think maybe that... Gopgar, I got masses, masses from, I mean, I know she's doing the love, love lawn person, but... Um, I don't know. I find him very difficult to to get anything from Adam Driver. Um, I wonder sometimes with Adam Driver that he himself just does what he does and has only ever done what he does. I sometimes yeah. worry that we, as the viewer and critics, have all kind of overburdened him with a skill that perhaps isn't necessarily there through no fault of his own. He just is what he is, and he looks amazing, and he is, and he can, be, and his presence can be amazing. But but perhaps there just isn't that much range. I mean, I, I have to say, I think this film lives or dies on the fact of you believing their romance at the, at the beginning. Yeah, 
interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, you know, it really, when it succeeds or not based on that. Lady Gaga, I think, she, there's so much about her that I really, really like. And I think she gives the few parts that I've seen her do, she gives it everything. But she gives it yeah. everything in terms of the sort of craggy, contradictory, rawness of emotion. She feels both hate yeah. and love and, and it's sort of, and it's pure and it's filthy all at the same time. And so you yeah. believe her. I believed her. Uh, yes, I did completely. And therefore, because I believed her so much, I believed in the romance. Right. I believed, I believed that he was sort of a bit like, you know, your granddad, my dad, a bit standoffish, a bit shy. Yes. Didn't know what and she sort of, bit by bit, dragged him into a point where he loved her and he was willing to, you know, leave his whole family behind mm. and, and go and marry her. But that all came from her. It didn't come from him. Well, and it didn't really, Mark, come from the writing either. No, no, it didn't. No. I didn't think it was particularly well written. I mean, I, I have to confess, I wanted to slap Adam Driver many times and fire him into life. And I get that maybe his character was meant to be this very sort of, you know, maudlin, very sort of unshowy sort of character. But then when we were asked to make such a spectacular U-turn in his personality later in the film when yeah. thing, things become problematic, I didn't, you know, I didn't believe him falling in love enough to believe that he would fall out of love. I sort of believed the bit where he met the French girl on the slopes because I sort of thought I thought that was quite well done because it was at that moment that the difference in class right is the huge thing in relationships yeah, it's no yeah. talks about was absolutely evident she didn't know the stuff the system of that she couldn't bullshit her way through it she couldn't do it with all the stuff that she could do yeah and I thought the fact that the French girl didn't say a word practically for the whole thing but she got you know she spoke volumes where he threw me Adam Driver again was when he was posing for all the Vogue magazines and jumping up and down yes. and suddenly looking like a, you know, pop star. Yeah, leaping off chairs to get mid-air shots. Maybe that was because of the time I, I got, I'm usually pretty good with dates and I got completely lost with the timeline mm. when, it was, when it was happening. I think it's a really good point that you make though about the classing because this is really a film about love and class. We, we all, yeah. with the exception of you perhaps, know what the outcome is and maybe a few people won't know but it's not really a spoiler to say what the outcome is you know but i think one of the things that was a pleasant surprise was perhaps the class exploration you know she was a sort of rough diamond he was a sort of highly polished diamond and what came with him was a sort of stiff upper lipness whereas what you got with her was a raw opening sort of fissure of emotion everywhere um yeah. and then you watch the way in which yeah yeah romance and love can carry that but then ultimately you're shown that she seems to be quite machiavellian and controlling she spies a good opportunity to take control of the Gucci empire. And so she, she's clearly presented as a not just malevolent character in terms of what she ultimately plans, but also in terms of what her intentions were. Well, I didn't know. Well, I disagree with oh, that. Right. Only in the sense that I didn't feel, yes, she does take over. She does all his decisions for mm. him. But I didn't feel that she was Machiavellian. Oh, in that. Right. I genuinely thought she was better at it than him. And in a way, she was. Ah. And, and at that point, I thought it was all working out fine because... No, over things like talking to his uncle, the um, the amazingly weird Jared Leto. She sort of she'd got the words to be able to get people on her side, yes. which Driver just didn't have at all. No. And I thought he was doing that for the good of the company. <coughs> it was only once that sort of once that skiing thing hit, I thought everything has changed now. Everything, and it was from that that she started to get, you know, really. I think she, the character herself, realised there was no going back after that. She was never going to compete with mm -hmm. these people. Mm -hmm. And then she got furious. Well, she was heartbroken, but she was also furious. So that's interesting. So your take on her is that actually she genuinely knew how to run things better than him. She could yeah. be more brutal and ruthless where perhaps brutality and ruthlessness was needed. 
and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, she'd worked in her father's office. <clears throat> she's probably the person all the time that yeah. you know, got people and put people off. Hired and fired. Like that, yeah. She was yeah, writing yeah. checks and breaking necks. Um, well, let's talk about some of the subsidiary characters. Al Pacino, um, you know, as the sort of... I couldn't quite understand the power dynamic between him and Jeremy Irons, who was... I, I guess they were both ultimately in control of the business. Um, yeah. But Al Pacino's character was far more hands-on in New York. What did you? How did you find Al Pacino? Well, I, I desperately didn't want not to like him. <laughs> I didn't want to feel a sort of sigh every time huh? he came on screen. But I you really did. I didn't want to feel that. But I sort of did. He got it back a bit as the film went on because uh, I don't know quite, I can't remember what he did in terms of his acting, but he seemed to get more serious or something. Well, when he lost everything, he got he got better, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think part of the problem, and I felt this with The Last Jewel, and the only reason I'm saying this is that they're both Ridley Scott's, is that the writing, the, the film, they, they both seem put together like a jigsaw mm. where you don't feel that it's following a timeline and you feel like some of the... I mean, Jeremy Irons, for example, who presumably would be the same sort of person as Al Pacino, he was there one minute, didn't want his son to marry her and then died. Mm. That was it. We had no sort of character development, no idea of how he brought his son up or anything. And But they kept giving Jared Leto so much room to sort of strangle himself, which he kept doing every so, time he... Well, appeared. tell us about Jared Leto's... What did you think? Jared Leto plays the prostheticised Gucci in a very tight velvet suit, incredibly sort of prosthetic, prostheticised bald head. He was yeah. both he was both captivating and excruciating all in the same yeah. breath. But I think, yes, he was. But I think, I don't know what you think about this, but I was, I, I was sort of relieved in the same way as I was sort of didn't... In the same way that I was sort of bored with Al Pacino coming back, I was relieved when uh, Jared Leto came on because he was so sort of weird. weird. But then as it went on, he was sort of screaming, I'm acting, I'm acting, I'm acting. And I could have slapped him in the end. It was too much. It was a bit caricature-y. I mean, I described it as a bit... It, for me, at times, it was all verging a bit on pantomime. It was all a bit... I mean, exactly, exactly. And I think that, I mean, there is that one scene, isn't there, between him and Lady Gaga? I think it's different their acting styles, you know, where the one is sort of literally, you know, throwing himself, you know, look at me, look at me, I'm an actor. And she was, it was all, with, with Lady Gaga, she's amazing. She really draws you in when she's being sort of in love. And yes. I suppose in this sense, where the story is like a star is born, you believe her, don't oh, yeah. you? You believe that look, which is saying... I well, I thought there was... Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of sex scenes, least of all when you're sitting with your mum watching no. the film. But I yeah. think when she does a love scene, like the love scene or the sex scene she does with uh, Adam Driver at the towards the beginning, I thought she yeah. played that so brilliantly. And that, that was what... If, if I was at, at film school and I was saying there is occasionally a point to a love scene, because I find them so boring and incidental and ridiculous and often, yeah. often just sort of yeah. gratuitous, I thought the sex scene was such a wonderful... Uh, sort of manifestation of her love, her her ferocity of spirit, her her loyalty, her desire, and everything. And I thought she channeled so much into that moment that she she yeah. it's almost a in miniature a metaphor for her her, her entire acting style, which is just she gives you yes. she gives you all of herself. Yes, and very I, true. I agree with every word of that. Yeah, mm. yeah. And that sort of, as far as I was concerned, because the writing isn't great, because the sort of. Um, the pulse of the film wasn't working for me at all. You know, the rhythm of it wasn't working. No. Because he wasn't doing anything particularly amazing with his camera or anything else. No. She was carrying it, carrying it, carrying it until she wasn't. And then there was nothing. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and yet at the same time, it's it's enigmatic still somehow. It's an enigmatic film insofar as I don't really quite know what it is. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think it's a good word to use, but isn't that because... Uh, 
Well, I agree, and I do. I do wonder if if Adam Driver is, is the problem at the heart of this film for me. Might be. Might because be. to believe that she's so driven to be with him, you need someone with a pulse, and he barely has one for the vast yeah. majority of it. Then when he yeah. turns, you can't. I can't invest in that. If I'm really honest, if I'm really really honest, I don't see. I, I don't blame her for doing what she did. No, I don't either. <laughs> in narrative <laughs> terms, not in literal terms. I mean, in in narrative terms. <laughs> Surely, it has a bit because he was annoying I mean, me. Take, for example, the point where he leaves. You know, he, he throws off all his, um, heart, you know, his father and everything, and drives at her door. I mean, it was so understated. Okay, I know that he was playing, and maybe this guy was like that. Who knows? You know, he never expressed an emotion when he was washing trucks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, suddenly, he was light-hearted and young, wasn't he? I mean, he's a strange actor altogether. Yeah. And um, a strange shape and everything. And maybe partly the fact that I thought he was much better in The Last Duel is that he's a figure. Right. Where it, when he can throw things across his shoulders and stride off, that suits him. As it went on, her performance had me absolutely captivated. I kept thinking he would improve and he didn't. And then we had these subsidiary players, Al Pacino and Jared Leto, who weren't helping one bit because they were overacting like Matt. And then as uh, Lady Gaga started to go, I became more interested in the actual story. For example, I couldn't believe that it was a real thing until it came up at the end in letters that she went to a a, a person who told her... Oh, yeah. You know, ..who got... I mean, I thought that was all made up. Salma Hayek and all that. Yeah, and she went to prison at the same time, didn't she? Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I found that so unbelievable and the Salma Hayek character so unbelievable. I just thought this can't possibly be true. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I thought so too. But then it turns out it is. And at that point, this is where I think he lost control of the film really completely. It just became very vague. That mm. scene where she and Salma Hayek um, go and employ these two men. It all seemed ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, the actual, I mean, not to, to give it the biggest spoiler in the world, but the actual murdering of it seemed ludicrous. <laughs> I mean, I, I could have done a better no. job. <laughs> yeah, what are you paying all that money for? It did peter out, you're right. I mean, I turned to you at one point, didn't I, and said this, said this is an old man's film. Because I was thinking of how much The Irishman didn't work for us. Mm. And and I think maybe dealing with a cast of big characters like that, I don't know, it just, he just lost control of it, I mm. thought. So what would you but, score it, Mum? Yeah, that's a difficult one, Mark. It is, Mark. It did, it's, it's a long film, isn't it? Yeah, and two it and a half hours. 48. Oh, OK, 48, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It kept me looking at the screen, and that and that forty-eight is nearly all going to Lady Gaga. Right. Okay. I went in. I'm a big Ridley Scott fan, but I genuinely think he's best when he's working in a totally fictional world of sci-fi dystopia or just just a total fiction with fictionalized characters i think half the problem with this was we knew partly knew the story some of us knew the complete story the film makes no um makes no secret of starting essentially with the end it's a circular film we, we see the end sequence and we see it again towards the end of the film i think you always necessarily lose some dramatic impetus if you know what the end result is i don't care how cleverly you sort of broach that or negotiate it you needed to give us something more than he gave us in order to get that end point dramatic again and i don't think it you know i don't think it built to a an obvious place of drama because we all knew what was about to happen 
didn't. Um, I thought Lady Gaga was absolutely the heart, of, heart and soul of the film. And so as soon as she was off screen for a minute, it, it didn't work. There were many scenes in there. I think she's a passionate actress. I think she's an incredibly vulnerable actress because she gives everything of herself. So even scenes like, you know, scenes that I'm not particularly into, you know, like her and him in the bath and her making love with him. Just some of those moments, they're just really deep and intense and heartfelt yeah. and, and utterly believable. It's like you're watching a documentary of a real person rather than someone acting. And then I think, but I think she was let down by A, not being in the latter third of the film and B, some of the leaps in both her style, look and attitude because of the script just felt so, they felt so sort of rushed that they didn't in any way help her get there. They, she, they, she had no help from the script or the director to get to a new place in her character or in her character's physicality even. She was leaping all over the place. Yes. So I thought that, I thought all the supporting cast were overacting like mad. Jeremy Irons, uh, Jared Leto was entertaining and he was a curiosity, but that tired after a point. Al Pacino, just hectoring, he just went on. Um, Salma Hayek, too much, and, and there wasn't a lot of her. And all of that said, I think your point was really apt when you said this is an old man's film. It felt like his, this is Ridley Scott's The Irishman. This is a yeah. lot of pondering around about a lot of men in a, in a very old sort of company, you know, talking about negotiations and manoeuvrings. It just, just didn't interest me. The whole Gucci politic didn't inter interest no, me at all. No. Um, so I think it was a really laboured and, and, you know, tedious affair strung together with a few great tunes. You know, he had some great music yeah. in there, but you were sort of waiting for the next moment cinematography wasn't particularly creative not what you're used to from scott yeah. so that was a bit of a disappointment too so i would go even lower i would give this 38. oh wow 10 10 below yeah I, I thought it was a real disappointment it was i mean the gucci thing with the shoes i mean I oh. thought, shoes and bags I, thought, I know you couldn't have a more boring no you know, idea. plus also it kind of all necessitates you liking gucci i think gucci i think it's horrible yeah, yeah. <clears throat> didn't even like the bags. Well, nearly all my marks are going to Lady Gaga. Yeah. I think it's stunning. Yeah, she is. She's, she's incredible. Gorgeous. Well, there you go, yeah. guys. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Please go and see it. Or if you have seen it, share your comments below. Tell us what you think. Where have we got it completely wrong? And where are we right? So, guys, we don't normally do this. This is like a coda on the end of our review. We both texted each other frantically afterwards saying, hang on, hang on. We didn't mention the other huge element of the film, which was... The wigs and glasses. Absolutely. The, the poor... That poor Adam Driver had to. I mean, we're we're sort of um, talking about his acting. Yeah. And I mean, at times I could see his face. Those must have been the biggest spectacle stroke glasses I don't, I've ever seen in a in a film. He had to and, struggle um, past the encumbrance of an enormous frame and a stupid wig. Yeah. And a stupid wig, which he kept sort of touching, and he kept touching his glasses like they always do in these films when they're given these things. Yeah. And. Um, and I mean, I don't know, I mean, Jared Leto's, all his stuff was obvious and sort of just hysterical, hysterically over the top. But I felt Adam Driver, you know, he was he was sort of hemmed in a bit with all of that. Um, <laughs> he, was li he was literally weighed down by some of the worst wiggage and, and yeah. eyewear that, that Hollywood's ever delivered to an actor. I mean, it's an unforgivable oversight that nearly every character in this film was had awful shit hair on their head. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, Lady Gaga didn't at the beginning, but the, she, she did at the up. end, didn't she? Yeah. When she was older lady, older woman. Yeah. Um, Ridiculous. I don't know how Hollywood can get it so wrong. I mean, presumably they employ people who do hair and makeup. Well, at what point do they look in the mirror, or don't they look in the mirror before they walk onto set and go, that doesn't look real, guys? No, exactly. They must look at themselves. Well, you would think so, wouldn't you? I anyway. Mean, I did, I did 
feel slightly sorry for Adam Driver because I mean he's not he's not an actor who ever sort of is um, no. aggressive in the way that some actors are, but. He was sort of hampered. He was a bit. Yeah, no, anyway, so guys, for me, you know, the wigs and everything makes it very hard to, to engage in any of it, really, if it's that bad. Yeah. So, yeah. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.